Someone asked me recently, what is the coolest part of my job as CEO at Clear Motor Marketing? I said, well, that's easy. The fact that every day I get to dig into our clients' businesses to learn not only what makes it tick, but what we can do as their partner to deliver the marketing that truly matters to their business. It's like being in a living, breathing case study every day. And for that, I am truly blessed. Hello, Collisions YYC listeners. It's with an overwhelming sense of pride that I wanted to share with you that the marketing agency that I had the pleasure of co-founding and leading is turning 15 years old. Yes, Clermotive Marketing is 15. I wanted to shout out a huge thank you to all of our clients, past and present, as well as our vendors and all of the incredible team members we've worked with over the years to make this milestone possible. Check us out at clearmotive.ca to learn more about what we can do that matters to you. Hello and a warm Collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Miss Erica Marave. How are you, Erica? I'm great, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. We've been jibber-jabbering away here. And as usual, I need to push record so we capture some of the magic that's that's happening. I'm not even sure how we met. And I always joke about this. Calgary, biggest small town ever, one degree of separation. I think you and I had met in an event. And then you ended up at my good friend Douglas Gray's uh, Gray Bar, uh, everyone's favorite speakeasy here, here, here in Calgary. And then he's like, you know, you need to meet. I'm like, I think we may have already met. But that is Calgary in a nutshell. And you work at an organization that I have a lot of time for and a lot of respect for. I'm a, you're a CEO. Um, Wendy Bouchane is someone I hold in incredibly high regard, but you work at Alberta Cancer Foundation in the phila- as a senior philanthropy officer, which I want to talk about that title in a second. But let's just jump in the quick elevator. What do you do at Alberta Cancer? What gets you up in the morning? What are you passionate about? And let's go from there. Yeah. Uh, so just a quick... Uh, a quick summary about Alberta Cancer Foundation. So we are uh, Alberta grown. We're here for Alberta and we are the official fundraising arm for the 17 cancer centers here in Alberta. Um, currently, I'm working on the Own Cancer Campaign. So as we discuss uh, philanthropy, it relates to the Own Cancer Campaign. And I'll just give a okay. little bit about the campaign. So uh, often people think that the campaign is, uh, oh, we're building a building, or this is a bricks and mortar campaign. But this campaign is really unique. Uh, so it's a partnership between Alberta Health Services, Alberta Cancer Foundation, and the University of Calgary. And Alberta Health Services uh, built our new cancer hospital, the Arthur J.E. Child Comprehensive Cancer Center, and uh, Alberta Cancer Foundation with U of C are working together to raise $250 million. And that is not for the building. It is essentially to take the facility from a standard of care facility to a center of excellence. So uh, we're talking about innovation, research, technology, things to level up what we're doing here in Calgary so we can be um, part of the competition so that we can also stand on the world stage and in cancer care. So amazing. Is that a bit of a challenge when you're doing fundraising where people like, Oh, I'm donating to a building. Am I donating to a bed? Like it's so, how do you make the intangible tangible, which you just did a very good job of really explaining that. But when I'm contributing my dollars to create a standard of excellence, that's a little bit more abstract. Like from a fundraising perspective, has that, has that made it a bit trickier? In some ways, initially, uh, just because we have people who say, I want to build the building and I have to sort of step them back and say, but we've yeah. already built the building. And so what we're... Um, <laughs> Which is a great thing to be able to say, just aside. Like that's, a, oh, don't worry, we've got that. We Now we need this. <laughs> right. And so um, I am able to provide tangible assets and things that people can relate to and understand, especially if they've had a cancer journey. So we have some of the highest level machines that are being funded by this campaign. And when I can sit down and show them sort of what a PET CT or an MR LINAC is, then there are tangibles. And then some of the research mm. projects um, that we have going on right now are extraordinary. So being able to talk about 
about those and, and helping um, our community understand the level of research and innovation that we are bringing here to Calgary and, and the oncologists and doctors we have working uh, toward that excellence, it becomes very tangible. I really appreciate that. And I'm right to say that as Calgarians, we should be, and maybe this is incredibly proud of what we have right here in our city. Like it's so easy to overlook things because they're in your backyard, but this is a world-class operation and level of service that gets provided here. So just so everybody knows, and and some people don't know this, but the new, uh, what we would call the Arthur Child, that's our cancer center here in Calgary. It is the largest in Canada. So it is also a comprehensive cancer center. And what does that mean? So often people will say, oh, is this just a center for treatment? And I say, no, this is comprehensive, meaning that we have research working side by side with clinicians solving uh, custom problems. Cancer is custom to every person. So we have the clinicians and the researchers working side by side to solve the problems. Um, So it's really exciting to have this level of um, facility and care and innovation here in Calgary. It, in my mind, is an economic litmus as well as to what is going on in our city, that we built the largest cancer center, that we do have uh, philanthropy dollars to fund excellence, to bring us to the world stage is is pretty incredible. So we have growth in, in so many sectors, as you know, Tyler, we've got tech kind of just taking off a trajectory of its own. And we've got, you know, growth in film and aviation. And then, of course, we have oil and gas and sort of all the new technologies around oil and gas. And so it's a very exciting time in Calgary. And, oh, by the way, we just built the largest cancer center. So we live in a pretty exciting place. <laughs> B- right uh, BT Dubs, we just also have this amazing <laughs> thing going on here. Yes. Oh, Erica, you're, you're, you're flying my flag because I'm very pro Calgary. And anyone who listens to the show kn- knows that. And you're absolutely right. Part of even why I started this show was like, Oh, there's nothing going on here. I'm like, well, wait a second. What? Who? What? You know, it's only because you're not out there. Like, and a few years ago, it did feel a little bit negative, and we're in such a positive kind of trend right now. I would say, from you know, like you said, energy transition to you know our staple industries that are still innovating and doing things differently. But to think about, you know, the leading cancer centers in the world, it's kind of easy to think that might be somewhere else. And I don't know, maybe that's Calgary. Maybe that's a humble Canadian to me. It's like, oh yeah, well, someone else has the best cancer center. We couldn't, that can't be here, but that's not true. (laughs) And that, you know, when, when I had Wendy on the show, uh, your CEO, she really laid that out for me and in no uncertain terms was that not to be the thought I should go, go forward with. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We have all the capability. And one part of the campaign that I find so interesting and important is, you know, we have the University of Calgary and and there's great education coming out of there. So we have our kids going to this amazing school and then they're going to other places. Um, So part of the campaign is retaining and uh, attracting the best and the brightest in the field. So it allows our own uh, families to stay here. Our college kids don't need to go to the United States. They don't need to go to Europe. They can stay right here in Calgary um, and use their expertise. It also, the funding for that particular pillar of the campaign allows us to go and sort of almost cherry pick the best and the brightest from the world. So um, that's also exciting and that all of this has been very thoughtfully put together. Um, So yeah, and then I'm I want to get back to your question because I think that was your initial question. Sorry, did I have original? Did I, I lose my own questions as well. So thank you for that. Um, what's it like? You asked me initially, what's it like in philanthropy? What's it like out there? And um, totally. it's such a great question. And, and, and not a lot of people ask it. They just assume, you know, of a variety of different things. But uh, essentially... People are chasing you down the street writing checks. <laughs> mm, maybe not. You might... Sometimes they are. Uh, okay, sometimes they great. aren't. So sometimes I you're see- chasing them, but yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry for painting a weird picture here, but <laughs> I think you know. Again, just to come back to, to Calgary's horn, it, 
it's an amazing city. I always say I have the best job because I work with the most incredible people who are doing transformative things for our community quietly. Um, they could mm-hmm. go out and, and buy, you know, 10 Ferraris and decide to sit down and say, how can I help our community and, and the cancer population here in Calgary? Um, so we do have some incredible individuals who come forward and um, there isn't really a, a chase down tactic. People know what, what I'm doing. Um, I make very clear what I'm doing. It's sort of part of my job is just to give the information about what I'm doing and talk about uh, the different opportunities for investment within the campaign. And as a result of that, people usually um, contact me or want to learn more. So there's, there's that aspect. And then we also have uh, amazing corporations here in Calgary who are invested in their community uh, give back. So uh, they come to the table as well at this point and say, what can we do? How can we be part of this? So I have um, several corporations right now uh, exploring how they can be involved, how they can help our community. Uh, So there's that. And then not surprising because I do, Calgary does have a reputation for being like a high rate of volunteerism, a high rate of contribution, a high rate of charitable giving. And I hear these things and, you know, uh, urban legends or do they actually come true in real life? So listening to you talk, it sounds like very much. You've been in this role for how long? A year and a half, two years? Just over a year. Just, just, uh, over, just over a year. And coming into it new, uh, thinking about anybody who's in a fundraising type role, whether you're in a large or small, I can only imagine because you're with the Cancer Foundation, the door gets open maybe a little quicker because you've got that recognition and it's such a wide problem. Very few of us have not unfortunately been touched or someone in our life that we care about has been touched by cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, so the statistics now in Alberta are one in two Albertans will uh, be faced with a cancer diagnosis, Whoa. unfortunately. Whoa. So it's, it's Oof, essentially... Sorry, I have to, pr- I have to process oh, that. I have to, one is, in two, 50, you have a 50-50 shot. That is, that's a lot to process right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Um, couple things. So what does that mean? It means that yes, everybody will either have a cancer journey, know somebody who has a cancer journey, whether that's your friends or your family. So it's something that's relatable for everyone and something we're really trying to get ahead of and solve and essentially own cancer. Um, so yeah, there is some relatability. I think that does open doors. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I do think we're doing big things and, um, you know, in, in the philanthropy space, just to give sort of a, uh, an idea of where we are. The campaign is $250 million and we're at $177 million. Um, we did just, Alberta Cancer Foundation did uh, just procure the $50 million naming gift for the new cancer center from the Arthur J. E. Child um, Foundation. And that that alone uh, speaks to the the level of what we're trying to do. And, um, and, and that helps our community see the credibility with the organization, the campaign, and uh, sort of the hope for the future. Well, $50 million. I appreciate the numbers and the impact when you're getting to 250, it's, you know, it's still a dollar at a time, but I appreciate it. So when you're talking with some of the people in your network around participating in this campaign, and you made the comment about we're, we're currently exploring with certain corporations on how they can get involved. At this level, I'm only going to assume that these donors are looking for, they're not looking to just write a check. How do I get involved? How do I get my team? How do we, I'm assuming it's a bigger conversation back to you, you know, said something earlier that really hit me was the, you know, cancer is, 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 is a custom, every, every situation of cancer is kind of custom to the individual. Is that a similar experience for you from a, from a donor that they want to have a bigger conversation around, yeah, I can write a check, but is there other areas where I can actually get a little, maybe closer to feeling connected to what I'm doing here? 
I think, and that's a great question, Teller. I think that people, um, including corporations, because the head of community investment or the leadership at the corporations, it's not just a check drop any longer. People want mm. to designate their funding based on something uh, that resonates with either their corporation or someone in their leadership or someone in their um, employee community. So, for example, we have two programs that we fund is patient financial assistance and patient navigation. So um, mm. we dedicate and commit $1.5 million every year to patient financial services. So that might be part of a corporate pillar um, for a particular company who says this is a great way for us to meet that corporate pillar and to help the cancer community. Patient navigation, um, if you can imagine our our remote communities and our indigenous communities don't don't live down the street. Um, if they have a cancer diagnosis and need navigation assistance, how to get into the city, how to schedule yeah. all their appointments, how to wayfind, uh, things along those lines. So that can also be um, an objective within the corporate space that sort of meets their needs and allows them to be uh, contributing to cancer care in Alberta. Um, so, and, and then we have different programs. So cellular therapy is, is sort of leading the charge right now as, uh, a very effective treatment, um, also known as immunotherapy. So with that, a lot of times a corporation will see in the media or how it, it, we're sort of blooming in that area and they'll want to get behind it. So designation of funding is one way that, that I think corporations and individuals uh, are now sort of becoming more involved. They want to know uh, more about programs and tell me about the PET CT machine. Tell me about the ISART program. You know, how does cellular therapy evolve? Are we going to be able to do more with that therapy aside from um, blood cancers? Because that's where it's been so effective. Will it? And then we can talk about you know different indications that we're expecting it to uh, have traction in. So they're more involved at the table. They want more details. It's an investment. Um, so I think that's interesting. And then we have some very unique funds, the Breakthrough Fund and Game Changer Fund, um, that are interesting for different types of philanthropists who may want to help invest in uh, certain opportunities that may later have innovation potential. Uh, so those are interesting as well. Um, so yeah, it's really become a very custom um, exercise in philanthropy, people yeah. finding what resonates with them and then designating their funding. Which I appreciate because then that shows inherently they're getting, they're more invested. That's <laughs> it's exactly not right. Like anyone can write a check and hey, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I know a lot of people that work in the not-for-profit. They, uh, they're happy to accept checks. Uh, so I don't want to <laughs> say, I don't want to speak to that as a negative, but we all want to be more connected to the story. If we just look at it as humans and just as we all move through, do you get conversations around, um, I guess KPIs around results. Like I want to put this many dollars, but I want to know it's going to treat this many people or have, have an outcome that I can tangibly like that. Does it pull through from, I want to understand where it's being invested, a certain machine and the impact. Does it pull all the way through to like, we want to see the results of the dollars or does that get a bit more abstract as it moves like 17 cancer centers across Alberta? Like it, the, the system is broad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we provide impact reports 
so every year, people who have made uh, donations at certain levels will receive a full report on how their dollars were utilized, uh, how many people they helped. Um, and, and again, each donation has to be meaningful and impactful for the donor. So we sit down and decide what does that look like? Do they need a, a very detailed report? Sometimes they do. Sometimes somebody would like to, um, you know, sit down with an oncologist and, and learn more about the program that they've invested in. And so we try to create um, that experience where it is meaningful, impactful for the donor. And that's extremely important to me and to our organization. Um, just stepping back a little bit. So designation is important, but I did want to also mention that when people make donations, sometimes they don't realize um, that just not designating can be very impactful. And they put that sort of in the hands of the Alberta Cancer Foundation and the oncologists and the, the leadership that we work with. Um, because sometimes some of the best outcomes come when we're able to designate where the funding really needs to go. So for example, clinical trials right now needs uh, funding. Every uh, world-class cancer center has a robust clinical trials um, platform. And so we're building on that right now. And sometimes people don't understand uh, what that looks like or what that is, but they understand, oh, okay, you know, the oncologists and, and the leadership at the Arthur Child know where that designation needs to go best. And that's sort of one of the great things about the Alberta Cancer Foundation. And one of the reasons I wanted to work for them is the organization is so well run um, and we have tremendous credibility. So when a donation is made, we know it's going where it's supposed to um, and, and doing big things. I do really appreciate it. Let, let the people that are the closest to it potentially go, hey, we've got some extra funding. We're going to put it here to use because we see an opportunity that just maybe isn't mature or doesn't have the level of awareness that myself as a donor might be able to connect to. Absolutely. And I can give a really neat example. Mm. So I had uh, an organization that was really focused on ovarian cancer and they came to me and, and were upset that we don't have enough in the ovarian cancer space. And I sat down with them and talked to them about some other treatment modalities that were going on that had a lot of traction, uh, particularly in, in blood cancer and um, melanoma, so immunotherapy. And so what often can happen is, you know, sort of that incredible racehorse that's doing so well and everyone's investing in, and the smaller one isn't gaining any traction in their research dollars. But what then happens is, and what's happening with immunotherapy and what we hope will continue to happen is, when it has such efficacy, then we start looking for new indications. So immunotherapy mm -hmm. has been um, instrumental in lymphoma and multiple myeloma. But now they're starting to look at indications in glioblastoma and soft tissue sarcoma and starting to research how we can use and sort of adapt it for other cancers. So sometimes by investing in, you know, one, we're able to then translate that technology into other cancers. And that sort of put them at ease. I said, just give it some time. If we can find a winning racehorse here, we're going to try to see how we can apply it in different ways. And it's not a guarantee. It's just an idea that if we over-designate all our money to every single cancer, yeah. we're not going to get any forward momentum. It's interesting to think of it kind of competitively. And I know that's not the right framework, but it's hard not to the way you to hear it and go, well, we're competing for dollars. But and all tides, you know, rising tide rises, raises all boats kind of mindset of well, we can get a real good win over here and get some some positive indications and some learning. Then what is the trickle down effect in terms of how it impacts other areas of cancer? So interesting. Curious. I've got to give you, um, are, you do you have a medical background? I okay, do not. Yourself? I do. You're, um, uh, 
command of the language of the vernacular is quite impressive. And this is not a topic that you wade into lightly or easily or pick up overnight. So I'm just going to give you huge high fives and props for how well and how clearly you articulate the topic. Um, A little bit, you know, we're 18 minutes in. Maybe I'm curious now, this is me, a little bit about the you. How did you, you've decided to, to, to jump into this clearly with both feet and your mind fully present because otherwise you can't tell the story. How was that? Was that a tough journey for you? to because I'm, I'm creeping on your LinkedIn and I'm, I'm like, I didn't see a medical background, but I thought I would ask because you never know. LinkedIn doesn't always tell all the details. I'm only creeping on your LinkedIn. I didn't go beyond that. So I don't, I don't know the whole story. Uh, was this just a personal passion for you, a journey? You just decided that this is where I want to invest not only my time, but my mind space, my learning. It's interesting. So it's a challenging um it's a challenging endeavor because there's a tremendous amount of material to read and understand. And we haven't even talked about, and I'm happy to talk about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> integrated oncology and immunotherapy and what a PET CT scan is and an MR LINAC and all of those things, um, which really are deep dives into some, okay. I, I would even say surface level because I could get an oncologist here and, and they will, you know, uh, take over. So essentially, yes, um, might not be the podcast for that level. My audience <laughs> be like, this is not what I signed up for. But I but really if, do appreciate what you're saying, like your version of a deep dive versus a, a, a professional who spent 20 years of their career in it is, and my deep version of a deep dive are very different. <laughs> so yeah, backing up, um, uh, my uncle, who is also my godfather, he passed away uh, from stage four metastatic lung cancer. Um, and then I had two other family members also pass away from uh, various cancers. So um, it, it spoke to me. I knew it was a place that that I could apply my best skill set. Um, and knowing the statistics, I felt that this was a good place for me to come in and uh, see what I could do. I certainly, if I'm passionate and I care about things, I will take that deep dive and do everything I can to um, expect excellence in myself so that I can help people understand um, sort of what they're investing in. I think that everybody would have that right to know. So I, I've taken it seriously. I'm, I'm very um, intertwined in, in, in the field at this point. And uh, I do get to meet with oncologists often. So I do have access to tremendous um, knowledge and uh, sort of have chosen to absorb it and, and in hopes that I can give our donors whatever information they're needing. And if I don't have it, then I can get it. And uh, that alone is a really great support system um, from the Alberta Cancer Foundation that they give me those tools to be able to do my job at the level I do. I really appreciate that one. It is, it is a technically oriented sale, like, you know, from not, not comparing you to a salesperson, but very similar when you're out there, Hey, what do you need? How can I solve your problem? But getting into the technicalities of the delivery and of the, what they're investing in, like that takes it, it allows you to carry the conversation a lot further, which I'm only assuming yields better results for the type Absolutely. of donor you're talking about who wants to go a little bit deeper. They want to know what, where their dollars are going to, are going to impact any thoughts or just, we're going into a whole another podcast here all of a sudden, but any recommendations? I have a lot of friends that are maybe in different stages of their careers. They've either done well financially, but they're like, I want to give back. I want to get involved. You look like you, this was a career pivot. It looked like a very deliberate and you explained kind of why you had some personal motivations, which I appreciate, but any advice or thoughts of someone who's like, I want to get into this space. I'm at a point in my life where maybe I don't need to chase my dollars, so maybe I'll go chase them for somebody else for a bigger cause that I care about. Any thoughts on that pivot for you, going from maybe the traditional, uh, a traditional career path to doing something here that seems very different? Yeah, I I think that uh, 
You just can't be afraid. Just go for it. If you think that you <laughs> yes. have uh, the, the talent, the ability to go and uh, sort of help out any organization, whatever organization that might be, uh, get involved, call them up, see what you can do. And if you have funding capabilities, sometimes people have a network. I have some of the tech companies who will come to me and say, Erica, we know what you're doing is so important for our community and we want to be a part of it. But right now we, we can't. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, what can I do? And I'll say, well, who who can help? And they'll say, oh, I know who can help. Um, and then so they'll often make an introduction. So there's sometimes very small things you can do um, that can have uh, big resonance. And so just thinking about it in those terms um, and, and, and being involved and, and creating some narrative around uh, community give back. I think so many young people these days... Um, aren't as involved as maybe they could be and they want to be because our younger generation um, is is well known for being aware of the community and some of the yeah. the social implications that are going on and, and they want to be involved. And so how do we get them involved? Um, and I'll talk about an initiative that we're working on to engage the younger generation. Um, so basically, we... Uh, we have some incredible oncologists here in Alberta. They are sort of our tried and true, well-known oncologists. But we stepped aside from them for a moment and said, "Who are who's the next generation of trailblazers, the cancer leaders that are coming forward, who are going to sort of blaze the trail in the future of cancer care as it, as it relates to the Arthur Child? Um, so we highlighted 18 of them in an Avenue Magazine insert, which is on stands right now. Um, and it I haven't, talks I haven't about, picked up the latest one. Okay. It's on, it's okay. all right. It's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because we have everything in there from a patient navigator to, uh, nurses, to oncologists, to researchers doing incredible work, putting um, some, putting some faces to the people that are actually doing the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So a highlight on the next generation of trailblazers, and then we're going to celebrate, uh, sort of this idea of the next generation at a uh, I'm calling it a non-traditional fundraising event at Sub Rosa uh, on September. Your 28th. website calls it a not your typical gala style fundraiser, so I'm That's already exactly interested right. in the first line. Right. <laughs> so we said, well, the next generation, our younger, the members of the younger community, don't want to go and sit at a gala, play to dinner with the program. How can we appeal to them? How can we get them involved in the idea of philanthropy? You know, from age 25 to say 55, and um, that that's in a, an interesting way. So uh, we created this event, and we're pretty excited about it. It's uh, essentially cocktails for a cause, but in uh, a very unique setting. It uh, endeavors to engage our younger community and help them start to consider their giving profile. I think it'll be very important. Um, you know, we all have a career path. We all have our resumes. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a community uh, give back you know, a community giving profile, it will be harder uh, to work upwards to uh, the, the corporate ladder without that. It's very important. So um, not just for your resume, not just for your, your corporate trajectory, but also just for your community. So we're sort of trying to look for ways good to for your, engage It's good it. for your soul. It's good, it's for, good your soul. for your soul. Um, <laughs> you can quantify so, or qualify that. They're, they're, they're both quantifiably so. And I think it's interesting. Wendy and I talked about this when we did our episode around just how that's shifting and people are looking for different ways to engage. And, you know, we did, I think we joked a little bit off air about the gala model, the old gala model that so many uh, non-for-profits do. And sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they have a performance or sometimes the music is too loud but we all can can groan about it because we've been to too many of them <laughs> where i think all of us are looking for a different experience and you can dot dot however you want that you want that so kudos to you guys for just trying something new <laughs> and different absolutely 
And, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have the trailblazers there. So can kind of just talk to whoever we've got, uh, you know, Dr. Villon is the one I'm going to want to talk to about his gene editing research. Um, he's fascinating and I've heard him speak before, but real impressive people in the room and, uh, all of us there to support. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's something different. And that's coming up. That's on September 28th. Is there still tickets available? I am there clicking still, on your website right now. <laughs> yeah, there are still tickets available. Uh, owncancer.ca and uh, a pop-up will come up for the, what's called the Own Future event. And it's yeah. all through LinkedIn right now. And um, Jill McDonald and Katie Smith Parent are uh, sort of spearheading this initiative. Um, and we have a, a Those committee. are both rock stars right there. Those are both individuals. I know Jill quite well. And I, yeah, I, absolutely. That's the, you've got, you've got some excellent leaders there to contribute and support things. <laughs> yeah. So this was sort of, uh, their brainchild and said, let's bring it to oh, life. Cool. So I've worked with them and, and we've built a committee and, uh, it's pretty exciting. So we're looking forward to it and hope everyone. And are you getting good response us. from a ticket sales perspective? We are. And we, so uh, so far we're just moving along steadily. And also, uh, our sponsors, so BDNP, that's uh, one of our big law firms here in Calgary, uh, mm-hmm. stepping forward to do a, a title sponsorship along with uh, some other uh, great sponsors um, who've never maybe even been in this space before. But it was also an opportunity for new sponsors to come forward. So it's exciting as well. I do think there's an appetite for different ways of doing it. I've recently, about to self-promote here, was involved with uh, Caria and their Top Chef event. And it's coming out October 19th. It's going to be fun to participate as a chef and do all the cooking. But the tickets are already sold out. Calgarians are notorious, from what I understand, maybe myself included, to waiting to like the last minute to buy tickets. This is the event's on October 19th, and it's already sold out the first week of September. It was like, I was all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, did I get all my tickets? Like, it, it surprised me, but I think people were just hungry, pun intended, hungry for something different. I think everyone wants to watch you, Tyler. I think we're all very excited <laughs> yeah. about this. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the best show that I can. Oh, thank you for saying that. You're very you're too kind. It's true. <clears throat> they did say, well, there's quite a few blocks of ten tickets that are tied to your name. I was like, no, stop it, because you know this is a Top Chef competition. So, anyways, I am very excited. My partic- my uh, my fellow competitors are, are are three awesome individuals. So I think we're gonna have a blast on stage, and uh, I kind of don't know what I'm getting myself into really deep down, but you know, oh well, it'll work. It'll work oh, out I, just fine. I have a feeling you're gonna. Be- a natural and navigate this very well and it may not be your last step into the, the uh, a camera the a microphone some food like what could go? oh my god this is a formula for me my wife's like oh no what are they what are they what are they creating here but i what i love and separate my own little jokes aside is they're trying something different and they mm-hmm. and the their audience the audience or the community is responding to it really positively I was like, you should have made it twice as big and you should have doubled the, doubled the price. She's like, well, yeah, but when you're going with your first event, there's kind of that risk of how's the, how's the community going to respond? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, and I, we're all geniuses when we, oh, geez, if I only knew what I knew now, I would do things differently. But I love what you guys are doing, are pushing in to the community with something different. I love the idea. I'm a marketer. What are the origin stories? Who are the people? Give me faces. And the younger generation doesn't accept that person is an ivory tower, so I can, therefore I can't talk to them. Mm-hmm. I think that that has fallen down. So for you to take these individuals, um, like uh, Gina, editing thought you mentioned and bring them into room and say here they are you can talk with them they're approachable they're they're here they're not they're, they're, they're some of these individuals are almost like godlike status in the roles that they that they fill and the fact that now myself who's interested can just go have a conversation with them i also think our society is looking for that now at a level that it's never had before and expects it actually <laughs> i agree with you and and it also is drawing some uh, some pretty high level attendees so in the same space the attendees who are coming um 
some of them are, are well known in the community, uh, big leaders in the medical field. Uh, and it's exciting that they want to get behind this as well. And, and they're happy to talk to the next generation of philanthropists and, and cancer innovators. And um, yeah, it's really a nice melting of the community, everybody kind of coming together. So that is exciting as well. Back to my um, pick a small town ever joke right from the beginning. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm, that last sip of water was a bad idea. Uh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, how does somebody get more involved? They can go to the event. They can reach out to you. Is, is, this, is this go is like, I want to volunteer all the way up to, I want to write a $50 million check. Like does it, you know, with Alberta cancer being so broad in terms of its reach and smaller communities. And I live in Calgary, so it's very easy to think about it down the street, but for a lot of Albertans, it's not down the street. And they also maybe can't write a 50 million. <laughs> There's many of us who can't write a $50 million check. It does it fit all the way up and down. And I know you're working at a certain level, but can people get involved literally anywhere in that kind of chain of support, if you will? Absolutely. So I'll give you a couple examples. So some of our problems, we have the cash and cars lottery. So you can Mm, buy a lottery ticket. That's a great way to get involved. Uh, We also have the Enbridge Tour Alberta for Cancer. That is an Alberta Cancer Foundation event. It's very well known. So many actually, when you start just saying a few of them out loud, right? (laughs) Yeah. And to be honest with you, I did it this year. I did the 200 plus uh, kilometers in two days nice. and uh, raised the money for it. And it, it was fantastic. Are you a, is, were you a cyclist going into that or did you, I, did you, bu- did you bust cycling. out your butt? Okay. But <laughs> well, there's cycling and then there's that, right? I, I ride, a, I do some cycling too. And then there, there's riding the reservoir on a Sunday afternoon and then there's doing that. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm not a huge cyclist. Um, and I was sort of resting in the laurels of my history as a runner um, and my general fitness to just, Oh, I'll be fine. It was challenging. Oh, we I thought wouldn't... you could mail it in. eh? Oh, I see. Um, yeah. There was, <laughs> There wasn't five hours. Of Show me an athlete who hasn't day. done that, made that mistake. Oh, I can do that sport. <laughs> it doesn't look that hard. <laughs> but we had 1,500 riders, I think. And, and you'd be surprised. Everyone from a beginner up to the most advanced riders are there. It really is for everyone. And it's a life experience that I cannot recommend enough. The energy Everybody of the event pulls you forward, right? Yeah. It is amazing. I have some friends who have done it. And they it was like... There's there's watching an event and there's being involved. Being involved has a whole different energy and a whole different feeling that you're left with. Like yeah, it, it, it's awesome. And, and <laughs> so it's a little, a little high team. all its own, right? <laughs> it is. It, it's just amazing. And and to be truthful, it was so well run. So if you're a beginner or you're not used to cycling, you're like, oh, I don't want to be on the road with all these cars. And it's just there's so many planned stops, and because there's so many riders, I don't know that this year they must have told everybody, hey, stay off the roads in the town of Strathmore, because literally there were hardly any cars and uh, sort of had the place to ourselves. And it's a great uh, event to, to start. I mean, even though it's a lot of mileage, you can go slow. There's lots of stops, support. It's just so well run, and it's a lot of fun. So that's another way to get involved. Um yeah. So, and there's volunteer opportunities in those ways. We have monthly, um, giving, uh, which is through our website and oftentimes there's a match. So for example, maybe for breast cancer awareness, we have a match. So if you can donate $20, it'll be matched to $40. So you can kind of, um, you know, level up your impact with a match through the website. If you pay attention to those, usually there's one at the year end as well. Um, so yeah, every everything helps. Everybody's donation is, is important, whether it's twenty dollars or twenty million. I can't stress that enough. Um, everyone's contribution is important. Well, back to the reality that unfortunately we will all be touched by it in one way or another. So whether it's a dollar or fifty million of those dollars. It, it, 
it's all going to come back. And I love, and I'm love, and we chatted earlier, but my sense of Alberta pride, just in all things Alberta, and to know that we have this here and really celebrating. That's why I was very quick to want to have you on the show. We had, I had Wendy on, learned a lot more about the organization through her, and I've learned a lot more about you. And I hope my guests have left with my, my audience, I should say, with, is left with the same, like, oh, hmm. Maybe I'm, you know, it's also one of those organizations is I think it's easy to think you know about them, <laughs> right? It's like I've had, uh, I don't know if you know Melissa Fromm from the, uh, from the food bank. I had her on. She goes, everyone knows about the food bank, but does everyone really know about the food bank? They know of it, <laughs> but do they know about it? And I, I, got the, I got off the episode. I was like, well, I thought I knew about the food bank, but I clearly didn't. And, you know, we're all busy and there's so many things that can take up our time. But something like this is, is I, one, we can be proud of it as Albertans too, it's a little bit self-serving to support it because unfortunately it's going to enter our lives. So let's make sure we have the best care possible when it does. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's exciting that we have our own cancer foundation. So a lot of people say, are you, are you the Canadian cancer society? And Mm. I said, no, we Mm. are Alberta. We are here for Albertans. Our our mission is to make more moments for Albertans. The money is stays here in Alberta. Um, So it's sort of a, a great place to invest if you're looking to invest in cancer care in Alberta. Oh, I love it. Erica, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for your, your wealth of knowledge and your clear passion for, for the topic. Uh, if somebody wants to get involved, what's the easiest way? There's so many paths. Back to wayfinding. It, come to the event, email you, go to the website. What are some of the maybe the top three wayfinding strategies I could use as somebody who's inspired after listening to this episode? I want to give people something to do after they listen through a podcast. Absolutely. So yeah, buy a lottery ticket through Cash and Cars. Sign up to do the Enbridge tour. Um, give me a call or send me an email and I can help figure out uh, what would be meaningful and and impactful. I'm also on LinkedIn, so feel free to message through LinkedIn. Um, We have a great team at the foundation and and someone to help everyone. So uh, just we're here for for our community and and however they want to get involved, we're going to try to make it happen. Amazing. Erica, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the work you do in, in our city and in our province. And it was just lovely to chat with you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tyler. Absolutely enjoyed it as always.